0: Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. This is the seventh week that we are in parables. I can't believe I'm preaching a seven-week series, so thank you for still being here on the seventh week. I'm glad I have not bored you yet, um, but I promise this is going to be a great one. Um, today that I have in store for you. So just thanks for being here. Like Curtis said earlier, Easter is next week. I just want to encourage you again and again and again, invite somebody to Easter. We would love to pack this place out for Easter Sunday. I can tell you that we have a very, very special service lined out for you. Um, There's going to be a testimonial video in there that's going to really, I believe, is going to touch some people's hearts and uh, as, uh, along with all kinds of special singing and, and uh, of, of course, a, hopefully a good message for you, um, we, will, we will have that lined up for you. It, it's a perfect time to invite someone who's brand new. Um, maybe someone who's been out of church for a long time and they've, they've really struggled with coming back to church. Or maybe someone who's never been to church at all. This is a perfect Sunday To bring those people. So invite, invite, invite. And hopefully they say yes. And hopefully you can save them a couple rows of seats. All right? And so we'll have a great weekend next weekend. But this weekend, like I said, we're in this series called Parables. And many of you, you might be in here and you, you might be wondering, what in the world is a parable? What, 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 what does it mean? Like, I, I've never heard that. I, I've never heard people talk about that before. Well, we've said it all through all seven weeks of this series. Maybe you've got it memorized, but you know this, that a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. It's really how Jesus would preach. When Jesus was on this earth, he taught in parables. And really what we found out over the last few weeks, if you missed them, that parables are proof that the God of the universe, the big God of the universe, wants to connect with you and with me. The God of the universe, which is so amazing to me, cares about you and I individually. It gives me hope to think that the God of the universe cares just about me. And he cares about my problems. And so many of you, maybe you're in here and you need to know that, that the God of the universe cares about you individually. Sometimes it seems like the world is so big and that things can get lost in transition and whatnot, but no, God cares about you. It's an amazing thing. And that's what parables really are proof of, that Jesus wants everyone to understand. Can I tell you that parables are not for high theologians and they're not for people with doctorate degrees. Praise God. God wants to connect with simple people. I'm glad he does. I'm glad he wants to connect with people like farmers, like moms and dads and, and carpenters and blacksmiths. In and, and any area, Jesus came to connect with those common people people and he wants you and I to learn something valuable so hopefully I can teach you something valuable we have a great parable today maybe you were wondering whenever we were singing this song new wine what in the world why are we singing about wine in church well we're singing that song on purpose because we're talking about the parable of new wine turn to your neighbor and say new wine it's found in Luke chapter 5, verses 33 through 39, and here's what it says. Here's, this is Jesus preaching, and he says this. He told them this parable, No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one, otherwise they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, new wine will burst the wineskins skins. And the wine will run out, and the wineskin will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking the old wine wants the new, for they say, the old is better. Man, I know a lot of people who say the old is better. I know a lot of people who are caught up with the old, and they don't want to change with the new. And maybe you're here today, and you're like, all right. You heard, you heard wine, and you're like, all right, I'm listening to this one, all right? Uh, I need to hear what the preacher has to say about this one. Uh, because uh, let, me, let me give you a little bit of a background on why Jesus is talking about wine and, and give you a little bit of the process. And I really do believe that if you understand the process and you understand the background to this story— it can really impact you in a special way. I I hope it does for you. So the process here, here's a little bit about the process. In in, in that day and in that region of the world, the water was really dangerous to drink. It was polluted. It was very dangerous to drink. And so what happened was, is the fermentation process of grapes, uh, of how grapes would ferment, the fermentation process of grapes would kill the bacteria in the water and what it would do is it would make the water safe to drink. And so because of that, they made a lot of wine because they could count on the water being safe to drink. And so because of that, wine became the everyday beverage. And so Jesus is talking to these people who are really common and they know how the process works, and they and they understand. And they understand that wine is the everyday beverage, and and more than that, more than just wine, cleaning the water for them. Here's what here's what they would also do. There wasn't, of course, there wasn't any type of plastic bottles or containers, so they had to make their own containers that would be transportable for any type of liquid. So what they would do is that they would take an animal skin, and usually this is t- somewhat of a, like a goat skin, and I know it kind of sounds gross, but this is actually what they would do. They would take a goat skin and they would oil it up and they would sew it up to, to where it would be just about water tight. And if you're a deer hunter, you probably understand this idea of, of, of how elastic and how pliable a, a hide can be or, or any type of skin can be. Uh, when it's fresh. And so they would put these fresh smashed up grapes into what they call these new wineskins. And when the fermentation process would happen inside the wineskin, the wineskin would flex and the wineskin would grow with the fermentation process of the grapes inside. So you, it was able, this, this hide was able to flex and grow with the wine. And so Jesus is saying that once the fermentation process is done, once the, once the process is done and once the skin dries out, you can no longer put fresh wine into old wineskins. Because, if you again, if you're a deer hunter or some type of hunter, you know that once the hide dries out, it be, it's, it's dry and brittle and it's hard and, and, you, and you can't maneuver it and you can't, and you can't flex with it. And, and so you know how tough a hide can be. And so as the fermentation process would occur the wineskin would burst because it is no longer flexible because it's dried out. Now I don't know, you probably, oh, they put that picture up already. You're probably lost. So for those of you who are lost, here is a picture of an old wineskin, of what they believe that it, it would actually look like. And it's literally a dead animal skin that is sewn up, And this is, this is a dried out one. I don't know if you can, if you can tell it from the picture. And so Jesus is saying that we're not going to put any type of new wine into this dry skin because the wine needs to flex and that skin cannot flex anymore. It can't flex with the wine anymore. And so that's just an illustration for you to see that that's one of these, that's one of these wine skins that they were talking about. And obviously it's not flexible anymore. And so I ask this question, I ask this question to myself, and I, I hope I can get this through to you, is this, what is Jesus really saying here? Why do I need to know about wineskins, and why do I need to know about them flexing, and, and, and why, why do I even need to know about this story? What is Jesus really saying? And here's what I found, is that Jesus is saying that he is the new coming forward, and I don't know if you've heard stories about the Pharisees, and, and really the Pharisees, they kind of are played out as the bad guys in the Bible, of course, because they're just the religious followers of the day. And so the religious the, the religious people of the day, the Pharisees, they didn't like it, and the reason that they they, they didn't like Jesus is because they preferred the old. They preferred what they were used to. They, they, because the old was based more on religious ideology. The old was based on more of religious tradition than it was on God's word. And I can tell you that there are still people today who hold religious ideology, religious traditions over what the word of God actually says. And the Pharisees, this is, this is who Jesus was talking to, the Pharisees were in the crowd here, and they were aggravated because they preferred the old. They preferred the religious tradition. And, and, and can I tell you that I I somewhat understand this, and as I get older, and, and you probably know too, that it's harder to change as you get older. If you know an older person, you know that it's hard to get them to change. Why? Why is it so hard to change as you get older? It's because the new thing is unknown. And we're really scared of the unknown. And there's a lot of fear and anxiety that comes with things that are that, that are new and with things that are unknown. And so I wrote these, I got these two things down and you can jot them in your notes. We don't like change because the old is known. We just, we, we know the old, we know the old is known. And old folks, can I tell you that they, they like the old thing sometimes even though the new thing might be better. How many of you have a grandma or grandpa who, like, has a flip phone still, right? There is, like, obviously, an iPhone is much better than your LG flip phone, all right? It's, it's so much better. You could do a lot more things. But they refuse to accept it because the old is something that they know. And so people don't want to change because the old is known. Another thing that I know is that the old is comfortable, Man, you can get really comfortable with the old. In fact, how many of you like to be comfortable? Yeah, amen. I, it's, it's something that we all love to do. And so, like, I, just a, a quick example is at, at my house, I have, I have nicer looking furniture, but can I tell you that, that anything that kind of looks nice and trendy is practically just not comfortable, right? It's just really not comfortable, But hey, my mom and dad just went out and they just bought a new couch for their house. And you know what they said? They said, I don't even care about the look as long as I'm comfortable. They wanted to be comfortable, so now we got some nice recliners at their house, so I hang out at their house and watch my TV and sit on the couch, but it's the older that we get. We like to be comfortable. We just love to be comfortable, and so many of us, it rocks our world when something new happens to us, and in fact, it, 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 it really just shakes us when, when, when something new happens, and we, can't, we feel like we can't catch up with it. Can I tell you this, that you cannot stay with the old. You can't stay with the old. You're going to get lost when you stay with the old. And that's what Jesus was trying to tell us here. Jesus is trying to tell us that you can't stay with the old in this parable. And so here's what I know is that Jesus wants to do something new. Because we can't stay with the old... Jesus wants to do something new. And the Pharisees, they weren't getting it because the Pharisees just couldn't let go of the old in their life. They couldn't let go of those religious ideologies that they had. But can I tell you that God wants to do something new in your life, and the new will require change, and change is not easy. God wants to do something new, but it's going to require that you change something about yourself. God's not just going to come into your life and drop some blessings on you. It doesn't work like that. You've got to have some change, but change is not easy. And the reason that we cannot have true change is because we don't like to let go of what we know. We like to keep, we like to keep the things that we know really close, the things that we're comfortable with. We like to keep them really close. And many people ask for change, but they can't get it because they won't let go of something that they're comfortable with. Maybe you're not getting the change in your life because you're not letting go of those friends that you're comfortable with. Maybe you're not letting go of that person you're comfortable with or that job that you're comfortable with. You, you can't get changed because you won't let go of something that you're comfortable with. And leaving the thing that we know is so scary. But can I tell you that this is what God calls us to do? A leap of faith into the unknown, or, or a leap into the unknown is a leap of faith. Sometimes God calls us into the unknown to where we have no idea what we should even be doing. But he's telling you just to take One step so that you can take a step of faith and so that you can learn to trust him. And I can tell you that that's what we did with this church just over six months ago. We took a leap of faith, and and I took a step out to where I had no idea where I was going. But every time that I took a step, God showed me exactly what he was doing. And that's the type of faith that God wants us to have. You see, Jesus didn't just come. This is so interesting. This is, this is, I, I hope that you really understand this is that Jesus didn't just come to improve your life. Jesus didn't come to make your life better. He didn't come to improve your life. Can I tell you that He came to give you a new life? He didn't come to just add on to your old life. He came to give you a brand new life with a new perspective and with a new perspective hope. He didn't come to just add on. He wants to replace the old in your life with something that's new. And so many of us, we're not caught up with that. We want to stay with the comfortable, but you need to learn to stop holding on to your past and let God do something new in your life. That's what this parable is about. He's wanting you to let go of something old so that you can receive the new. He doesn't just want to add on to your chapters. No, he wants to do something brand new. In fact, 700 years before Jesus showed up, the the prophet Isaiah, he said this in Isaiah 43. He said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up do you not perceive it I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland Jesus is saying here that I am going to do something new something totally expect unexpected and something totally un predictable. And can I tell you that when Jesus came, religious people of the day, they tried to fit Jesus into what they thought he should be. They tried, the Pharisees tried to fit Jesus in who they thought by their traditions he should fit in, or by their religious rules, this is how he should be, or by the things that they're comfortable with, this is who my Jesus would be. The problem is, is that Jesus doesn't fit into any religious systems, and he doesn't fit into any religious traditions. He doesn't, and that's what the Pharisees were aggravated at, and that's why they wouldn't accept Jesus as who he was, because they wouldn't fit in with the things that they were comfortable with. Jesus doesn't fit into any religious tradition or system. And that's why some of us who've grown many of us we've probably grown up in religious traditions that and we've had a very difficult time separating the idea between our religious practices and our relationship with the living God. I can tell you that so many people grow up with some type of religious ideology that they think they have to do all the right things and earn their way to heaven, and it's so hard for them to forget that I don't have to earn my way to heaven. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus I do good works because I love Jesus not because I have to but this religious ideology says that I need to do good things to be a good person I need to do good things no 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 no. that's not how it works that's not how, that's not what Jesus says Jesus says because you love me you will do good things stop trying to do your good things can I tell you don't try to do good things love Jesus first Love him first with all your heart, and I can tell you, good things are going to flow out of it. Great things will flow. You don't have to, this, this, I, and, I, and I love this, and I feel like this is what this church is called to be, is to break those religious ideologies. See, maybe God is trying to give you a new and improved area of your life, or maybe he is just trying to do something. He's not trying to give you a new and improved area of your life. He's trying to give you something completely new. That is totally unexpected. And the reason that you do not perceive it is because you're not willing to let go of the old. So many of you in here today, you need to decide that I'm done with the old. I'm done with the past. I need to let it go. Because spiritually, what this is what happens. When we accept Jesus, we become a new creation. And we, come a new, we, we become a new creation from God's perspective. But sometimes it just takes our mind a little while to catch up with that. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. I want you to notice that this does not say that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, an improving creation is in the mix. God is is trying to, to improve you. No, 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 no. It says the new has come, and the old is gone. And we miss God so often. Because we're not willing to let go of our past mistakes, and we're not willing to let go of our past problems. And so my question for you this morning is, what is the new thing that God wants to do in your life? What is the new thing that God wants to do in your life? I can tell you that myself, I'm pretty busy asking God the areas of my life that I could use a blessing or a powerful move in my life. And there's, there's plenty of places that I'd love to see God improve my life. But I've come to realize, even just this week, that maybe God is not just trying to improve a certain area of my life. Maybe He's trying to exchange the old with the new. Maybe He's trying to give me something brand new. And He's not just trying to exchange it out. And I wonder, what is it that you need to see God in what what what, how do you need God to improve in your life how do you where, where do you need God to give you something new in your life and so I wonder what happens when we get the new? What happens when we get the new? Many of us, maybe we've already prayed the prayer and we've accepted Jesus and we, and we love Jesus for who he is and we believe and, 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 and we accept the new. How, how do we, how do we deal with the new life that God wants to give us? How do we deal with the new wine that God is wanting to give us? Can I tell you this, that you and I need to be flexible. Just like the wine skin, You and I need to be flexible because new wine comes in new wineskins. And it comes so that it can expand and stretch in that wineskin. Can I tell you that you need to be prepared for the uncomfortable nature of change? You need to be ready for it and to be ready for that change. You have to be flexible. You have to be flexible because new wine will crack an old wineskin because the old wineskin is not Flexible. Can I tell you this? That God will not bring new wine into your life if, if it is going to break you and cause you to explode. He won't do it. If you're asking Him for something new and you're not flexible like the new wineskin, He's not going to give it to you because He doesn't want to see you explode. He only brings new wine when it blesses you. He's only going to bring it when, when, when you're prepared, when your heart and your spirit are prepared. And so I asked this question, and this is one of the last ones here, is that how can I be flexible? How can I be flexible? And even, I'm going to answer some questions like this. How can this church be flexible as well? How can, how can I, how can you in your life be flexible, and how can this church be flexible as well? I've got three simple things, and we're going to wrap it up. It, They're really short, so don't worry. I don't keep you for very long, all right? So here's the first thing, is you have to be comfortably uncomfortable. You need to be comfortably uncomfortable. You see, people have a tendency to reject the new because they're used to the old. The old is easier to swallow. But can I tell you that sometimes it's good for us to be uncomfortable? Can I tell you this, that creativity is birthed by you not having enough. That's where creativity comes from. And, and, and you need to use that creativity given to you by God for His glory. Can I tell you this? That the first guy to put an orchestra on stage, they called him the Antichrist. Can you believe that? We, we don't, we don't want no cello in this house of God. Like, we, we, we can't have that. No, no, no they, it's, it's amazing, but that's where that religious ideology uh, overboard what, what the Bible actually says. The Bible says make a joyful noise. There's a lot of things that can make joyful noise, all right? We'll, we'll put you up here if you can make joyful noise, all right? That's, that's what we'll do. But, but the first guy to put an orchestra on, on a church stage was called the Antichrist. It's, it's just crazy to me how, how, these, how, how, how this stuff works. You have to be comfortably uncomfortable, and you can only know if you're, you, you can only grow if you're comfortably uncomfortable. Can I tell you, people who are just their standard is, am I comfortable? They don't grow in a lot of things. In fact, if your standard is, am I comfortable? You're probably not going to lose this belly. And I'm preaching to myself, all right? It's, <laughs> if that's your standard, you're not going anywhere. If you're just comfort- if you just go to places just because you're comfortable, then you're not going anywhere. You've got to be comfortably, Uncomfortable. Can I tell you that sometimes when you get a new pair of shoes, they hurt. But a lot of the times they're worth the initial uncomfortable, uh, uncomfort uh, that they bring. And can I tell you that this church does some uncomfortable things? How can this church be flexible? Well, this church does some uncomfortable things. Can I tell you, it's not comfortable to buy a big old building in the middle of Murfreesboro. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is not the investment that anyone would probably tell you to make. But listen, we did something that we were uncomfortable with, and that's because we truly believe one of our core values at this church says this, we will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. And to reach people no one is reaching, we're going to do things no one is doing. Can I tell you, nobody else is doing that? No other church is doing that. We're doing things that no one is doing, and we're taking some uncomfortable steps, but it's because we're we're listening to God and we're saying, you know what? God, you want us to be flexible. You want to pour, we want some new wine (laughs) in our our wineskin. So, hey, here's a great big wineskin next door. Let's fill it up, God, all right? That's what we want. We're going to be comfortably uncomfortable. Here's the second thing. I told you this would go really quick. you got to be conveniently inconvenient. Be conveniently inconvenient. Can I tell you that it is an inconvenience to pray sometimes? And a lot of the times we feel like it's an inconvenience to read our Bible. It's a total inconvenience. It's, it's 15 minutes of the day that I'm just not going to get back, all right? I, 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 I It's an inconvenience to read my Bible. It's an inconvenience for you to be sitting here this morning. Thank you for being here and being a part of the inconvenience to be here, alright? It's an inconvenience to be here this morning, but can I tell you that our God speaks in inconvenient ways? All over the Bible, read it, folks. He speaks in your inconvenience, and can I tell you that in a microwave world, we serve a crockpot God. That's who he is. He, we want it done right away, but sometimes we need to simmer a little bit. Am I talking to anybody? Sometimes that situation just needs to simmer a little bit, and and, and God is just trying to teach us that we need to be inconvenient. We need to we need to make Him priority. If we don't make him priority then then, then we, we just we're not flexible we 're not flexible and can i can I tell you that you don't have, you have to be flexible to hear god 's voice when you box God into fifteen minutes of your day and then you come to me and ask why isn 't God speaking to me there 's your answer you 're giving him fifteen minutes you don't spend fifteen minutes on the phone with your best friend you spend longer and you, you want God to speak to you some profound way in the first 5, 10, 15 minutes of your day. It doesn't happen like that. We serve a crockpot God in a microwave world. And here's the third thing. You need to be exclusively inclusive. And can I tell you that this church is going to be exclusively inclusive? You need to embrace new people, embrace new friends, embrace new co-workers. And can I tell you this, that we're a church for everyone. We're a church not just for everyone, but we're a church for every generation. Can I tell you that when we follow what the word of God says, God speaks of himself as a multi-generational God. God speaks to God's spoke and said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if you don't know who those people are, it's basically son, dad, and grandpa, all right? I am the God of every generation, and that's what this church is going to be. This church is going to be a church where the older cheer on the younger, and the younger honors the older. And I know this because I know that this church needs to have something enduring. And can I tell you that if this place would die with me, then I accomplish nothing, I'm not big enough to say that, that I I this place would just, should just dissipate after me. No, 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 no. That's not the goal for this. If it dies with me, I don't accomplish anything. And I think it's so funny when people ask us what kind of church we are. And I've heard people like ask, like, are we a white church or are we a black church? What kind of question is that? Can I ask you this? Is, is there a white heaven and a black heaven? Like, does, does that make any sense to you? And so when people ask us what kind of church we are, I just tell people that we are a church, a, a capital C church. We, we model ourselves after heaven. That's who we are. We're just a church. And that's how it should be. And that's how God intends it. You need to be exclusively inclusive. And so I know that there's many Sundays that people walk in and you have no idea who they are. Hey, meet somebody talk to somebody greet somebody you might make a new friend whoa that's amazing be exclusively inclusive that's what I believe Jesus is wanting us to learn from this parable church can I tell you that things fall apart in businesses and things fall apart in homes because someone is too stubborn and they refuse to change well, make that promise to you that we are going to make a decision to be a new wineskin. We're going to make the decision. I hope you make the same decision in your life that when you you, since you want the new wine in your life, you want the new blessing that God has for you in your life, you need to be able to flex a little bit. And so I promise you that as a church, we're going to be flexible. But I wonder... If you would would make that decision on your own today and embrace what God is doing and say, Lord, I want to be flexible. This weekend is a special weekend for us because we're going to take communion. I'm going to invite our ushers to come on forward and pass the communion elements out to us. And as we talked about new wine today, I just wanted to wrap up this message and show you what these characters actually are. Can I tell you that the winemaker, the person making the wine, is Jesus. And Jesus is responsible for the new wine. And he's responsible for the new wineskins. And the new wine is what God wants to do in you. Can I tell you that God wants to give you blessing and growth. And He wants to, and He wants to change you. He wants to give you new opportunities and new seasons and new relationships. That's what God wants to do. And the wineskins, this is the important part. The wineskins are me and you. You have the choice whether to be a new wineskin or an old wineskin. And in fact, I believe that the wineskin. It's one of the most important things for you. It's It's the most important thing in the process. And that the most important part about a wineskin is your ability to flex. Your ability to be flexible. And so I wonder today as a church, would you just make that decision? That God, I want blessing to come into my life, but I'm here right now. And I want to be flexible. I've decided that I am going to be flexible that's how we can become new wine as they finish passing out the communion elements i wonder if you would just close your eyes and bow your heads really quick this morning i wonder if you would ask yourself this question am i a new wine skin am i flexible Am I being flexible? Am I open to receive what God wants from me? God wants to give you great things. He wants to bless you. He wants to grow you. He wants to change you. He wants to replace the old with the new, but it requires you to be flexible. So right now in your seats, one of the things that you can do it's right at your own seat is you can accept jesus for who he is you can accept in jesus and you can say i'm here and i want to be flexible i believe that you died for my sins but you didn't stay dead you rose again this morning there's several people in this building that need to make jesus the lord of their life and when you do that you're making yourself flexible this morning, if that's you, we're going to say a short, simple prayer for you. And all the prayer says is, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. I believe in what you did for me. If this morning you say, I want to be flexible. I want that new wine that God has for me. On the count of three, I wonder if you would just raise your hand really quick, just so I can see you. And then we're going to pray a prayer together. Are you, are you ready? One, two, three. Hands lifted right now. Thank you. Thank you. Church, because we believe in this prayer, everybody say this after me. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit